Wolverine. Wolverine. Hello and welcome to the Examination Podcast, your one spot where we burn it all down. We burn everything down, including our favorite book from the X-Men franchise for several of us. Um, and also uh, the whole thing that John Hickman's building here. It's all coming down in flames and I could not be more excited. Definitely a lot to chew on with these issues. And joining me in breaking them down is Dane Renier. Penultimate episode. And Kelsey the Juggernaut. Not not pencil ultimate episode. That's true. Got him. And I'm Quentin Emler. Uh Real pumped. Uh, we're doing monthly uh, issues unless an issue gets delayed so far that it's two months actually. But that's neither here nor there. Let's talk some X-Men comics. Um, but first, we're going to do what we always do. We're going to hook up to Cerebro and see what's new in the world of Marvel. And nothing is newer in the world of Marvel than that sweet No Way Home film. Uh, does this one got you guys excited uh, to see Spider-Man? Or uh, is this movie going to be one you skip? Yeah, that's not, that's a no-brainer. In, I mean, in what direction? It, I'm going to see it. I mean, I don't know if I'll be able to peel myself time to see it in theaters, but I, I am going to see the film. I'm excited for it. Well, okay. I, I think it's implied that if, if you're excited, you're going to go see it in theaters. If you're not excited, you're not going to go see it. I will, I will be in, into attempting. Uh, see, that's, that is the talk of a man with no children. Yeah, I will be attempting I to think, see. I think you trade favors. I think you make it work. You go by yourself if you have to. If it's really important, you go 11 o'clock by yourself and then you suffer the next day. If, now, if it's really important to you. Now, that said, that said, I have a ticket to go see No Way Home. Oh, <laughs> man. So, a friend of mine from work wanted to go see it and we figured something out and I won't have kids. Uh, it's You know, it's, I don't know, it may not be the movie I've been most excited about in like the last yeah. year or two, but it's pretty cool. Like I am excited to see it, obviously enough that I did make something work. Yeah, I, I'll agree with that. that. That's some that's some dedication there, and I think you know you could do a lot worse. Yeah, yeah, I'm very excited about it. It should be a great movie. Um, I think we're all kind of on the same boat. We'll wait till uh, next month when we talk about the end of Inferno to pass some judgments on that because I know Kelsey's weak will will make himself go see it in theaters by that point. Let's be let's be real. Peer pressure. Um. Moving on uh, across the MCU, we've got Hawkeye. Hawkeye is now four episodes deep. I assume you guys have only seen three. That's correct. I have not seen today's episode yet. Um, let's get some reactions. I know Dane was really, really excited for this one. I'll let you go ahead and jump in. And, and as a diehard Hawkeye fan who even makes his own YouTube series just to celebrate the comic that he loves so much, how did you feel about this adaptation? I can't be happier i really really can't be happier i think it's so cool to see them give some depth to the mcu clint barton uh Haley steinfeld as kate has been perfect and the right more than perfect i would say like yeah. she owns the character and it, and any changes that have made felt like they were worth the sacrifice you know yeah, because I, th- I think you had to change a little bit because of the way this story works and that it's the yeah. introduction of Kate but they've they've done it exquisitely it has so many moments that are so true to the uh fraction adaptation i mean even to the point that there are some lines that are 
directly lifted. But the yeah. visual, the attitude, and more than anything else, the dynamic between Clint and Kate is spot on. I didn't think this could I like I had high expectations because I love this, but I I couldn't have imagined it being this good. Yeah, it's a shame, like the legion of fans we have that are rabid. And, and by pumping David Aha and Matt Fraction um, here, you know, they'll get all the recognition they deserve. But it stinks that like in a lawsuit world where you can't like overly credit people without like admitting that you owe them money, like that they can't like put them on the opening title credits or something because this is their DNA is so in this show. I believe Fraction is a... an executive producer or consultant or something credited on it and i think yeah i think aha has a but all Aha is 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 a special thanks well i almost think he should be like david aha's hawkeye like that's how much his fingerprints on him no i i agree with you 100 percent. i mean because it does kind of suck that is the one kind of guilt that i have out of this is i know aha's been pretty vocal about like the disappointment in that that there's been no no crediting, special no recognition, yeah. special recognition, no. And I know there is some or debate as to whether. real. Yeah. Right. That if, you know, if, you know, Marvel pays you, they own the art in that sense. Yeah. There is I'm not, any... I'm not saying he's entitled to it. I'm right. just saying it's like a classy thing to do. Like I, you don't owe him any money to be honest, but like pump his name, make sure people know that like he's a good artist. And if you want to read good comics, like read his comics. This is, yeah, this is somebody making good I mean, comics. shoot, why, why can't they just like put like, an ad for David Ahas at the end credits. Like, it's like, I don't know. That's something like that would be easy to do promote their current work or something. And like you said, and I think you put it pretty perfectly, their DNA is all over this show. Both of them that that book doesn't exist one without the other. And it's, you know, I mean, it's just that can't be there without the two of them. Yeah. I know Kelsey's having some mic issues, but I, I mean, I could talk about the show all day. And one thing I want to bring up is like the changes they made. Uh, the big one is the Christmas theme is um, I think it it makes it its own thing, gives it reasons to be its own thing. It's powerful. Um, and as someone who watched the newer episode, I can tell you, like, they get emotional in this newest episode. So uh, you got a lot to look forward to. And I think as much as we talk about Fraction and, and AHA's DNA, uh, it was really nice to see jeremy renner like act the hell out of episode four i can't wait for you guys to see it <laughs> good i'm he, super he excited to put his dna in it i'm very excited i it I, not in a sexual way just to be clear. <laughs> thank you it's no you it's here's the thing is that I, I love hawkeye i have for a very long time but he's never really had a moment to shine in the avengers of the mcu you know outside of maybe a brief moment in um in uh, age of ultron and stuff so it is really cool to see him get you know more than five six seven minutes in a movie that he's really getting to embody more about this character and i think based off of the fraction work and getting to you know know what that is taking it in that direction and yeah they've they've done a good job adapting fractions hawkeye to mcu's hawkeye because they're completely different but it doesn't feel like they just did it to do it like it feels genuine and, and good um, so something I was going to say is like, um, this is like a tonal spoiler, not a literal spoiler, but like, um, the next episode is more of like a character focused episode. So like with the plot, I can tell you like the next episode's not going to like throw off any theories. Do you have any theories, um, with your knowledge from reading the comics, like where this is going? What's your gamble? 
Um, I don't know. There's nothing off the top of my head, but part of that I think is just like I, I don't want to. Like I just I want to be along for this ride because I'm enjoying it so much. I mean, I suspect some of it will follow, you know, some extent of the comics, but I also know some of it can't. Right? Yeah. That we Echo is not a part of Fraction. Kazi is obviously significantly different in in who he is, and I know. I don't know. Do you want to discuss? I know you and I have discussed potentially somewhere where this is going. Do you want to talk about? Yeah, yeah I, I think we I haven't gotten past the first episode. Are you for yeah. real? Not yeah, yeah. I just haven't gotten past it yet. It's not due to not wanting to. It's just I haven't gotten past oh. it yet. Well, I don't think we've dropped any spoilers uh, as far as anything on two or three. But I, I was just going to say that like there's some theory casting that um, a big Netflix character might show up. I'll put that Oh, yes. Well, I, I mean, just knowing echoes this. in it. I think you mentioned this theory to me. Yeah. So um, Echo has connections to both Daredevil and Kingpin. So hopefully we get to see um, either Charlie Cox or Vincent D'Onofrio show up. That would be real sweet. Dude, I wish you guys could see the, the little smiley grin that crept across Quentin's face when yeah. he said Vincent D'Onofrio. He's like, he, he's hype. Yeah, dude, I'm, I'm pumped for Vincent. I think he's. Yeah, great. why would you not be? Um, and I think his kingpin is the best kingpin. Like, there's been lots of great portrayals, and I think his is hands down the best. A lot right. of great kingpin portrayals. How many uh, have you portrayals watched the animated series? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So you're going voice voice here as well. Yeah, Michael yeah. Clark I was about to say, Duncan. I was say that's the only one I could yeah, name. Are you making fun of Michael Clark Duncan? Get off. Back up, son. <laughs> All right. Um. Well, I'll say even like comparing to the comics, like the what they did. Okay. With, Stephen tonight's uh netflix series with kingpin was very good to me and and it like similar to hawkeye did its own thing but also like felt true to who kingpin is very let's new not york talk centered about show new york centered villain yeah let's uh yeah. let's let's move forward a little bit um I, I wanted to touch on before we move completely away from spider-man we got spider-man in two games right now just showed up marvel avengers and also is in Fortnite. uh i don't know if you guys have followed the news at all but it's apparently a pretty big knock at Avengers right now because Spider-Man plays better and is more like Spider-Man apparently in Fortnite than he is Marvel's Avengers. Are you serious? They said the web swinging feels better. Like Spider-Man actually connects webs to buildings and can only swing where there's buildings and stuff and can like even like slide on the ground afterwards and stuff like this. Mechanics are funner than the Avengers one where he just shoots it into invisible air. So like even if he's in like New York City open rooms, like open sky, he just shoots it straight up in the air. It's like that was in the '90s PlayStation One era Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't it doesn't surprise me. Yeah, I'll say that yeah. Avengers is what it is, and it ain't that. <laughs> like, if, if you want to run around and smash robots for bits over and over, yeah, I mean, go for it. I gotta collect bits. Yeah, Spider you got it. Uh, different colored bits. You got to get your green bits and earn your rep bits to spend your bits. What about your vendor bits? bits. Yeah, bits. but can't I just spend extra money and get more stuff faster? I think you can. I think that is an option. <laughs> Despite <laughs> promises otherwise. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. it is an MMO. And I mean, I guess combat's a little more interactive than some other ones. But, I mean, it's still an MMO. You just spam your cooldowns. Um, the last, uh, news story we have is Destiny of X. It's the new line wide, 
uh, post reign of X um, initiative, I would guess is what you call it. Uh, or like just agenda connective tissue between all the books. And um, with this destiny of X, let's wait till post Inferno number three, to talk cause it can uh, inform what maybe is going on in some of the teasers and other things. Uh, but we want to talk about the end of an era. We're not going to recap the issue because we want you to go buy it. But um, this week marked the end of Hellions. And uh, this is a pretty impactful book for me personally. It was uh, in this run, like of post House of X. Uh, it was a real light for me whenever I was starting to give up on the books and feeling like it wasn't, nothing mattered. Characters didn't grow. Um, and I know Way of X had some moments afterwards. But like there was a point where like post Ten of Swords or like in Ten of Swords, this was the only thing really firing on all cylinders. And I just think it was um, a really impactful book. I think it made me care about characters. And, and part of the fun of it was when they revealed this team, I said I would hate this book and had no interest in it. Oh, we all just sort of said, like, do we have to read this one? So it won me over. So with Hellions number 18, the book comes to a close. Kelsey, what did this book uh, mean to you? And and the finale, did it it send it home for you? This book was great because it did... Like, in the first four issues, they do a basic setup of how the team works. You know, party enters dungeon, confronts baddie, (laughs) defeats baddie grow as a team, you learn a little bit more about the team and some of the rules of Krakoa. Um, And as it progressed into having its own story um, with Sinister, and you kind of learn more about how the society there is going to treat its less than reputable members in the fact that Empath is being used. I mean, each of them gets used in different ways by the system basically and are rarely given a chance to actually like kind of get out of the contract that they're in. Like they're only like they keep pulling them back and Alex tries to get out several times and he's just not allowed to basically. Um, and all the characters grow, like you're saying, Quentin, the, the growth of the characters is really good. I mean, I, Dane, you even said like Quanon being in it, I know you weren't excited by that, really. And as far as endings go, th- well, this was I think a- you meant Psylocke. Was it? <laughs> but but the, the ending was really solid. I mean, I'm not going to spoil the ending, I guess, since we're, we're pushing people to go buy it. But it made me angry, and it made me happy for other characters, and sad for other characters. I mean, it... It did its job. It was a real ending. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Uh, Dane, Hellions, you were a pretty big fan of. Um, For you, where does this stack up um, top to bottom when you look at it? I know you're a big fan of some of the other books like Way of X and uh, Cable uh, were both books that you really enjoyed. Uh, And the new X-Men, where does this one fall? I mean, here's what I'll say about Hellions. I think you can have preferences about stuff, but if you tell me, this is not a top three book. I think you're an insane person. Like you can have personal preferences that move some stuff around, but if this isn't a top shelf upper echelon book, then there's something wrong with you. Like you, you don't get it. You're not, you, you don't get yeah, it. Yeah. No, I mean put it, it like, in there and like, like if you could say it's your number one and that, that makes total sense. Or if, if you have a personal preference, like obviously I know I, you know, I have my strong attachments to way of X. I, I think, Honestly, end of the day, Hellings is probably a better comic 
than Way of X, whether I enjoy it more, maybe yeah. a little different. But like, if you have this in any metric outside of your top three, you're insane. Yeah, especially is... in the context they both have beginnings and endings. And right. you were able to decompress this team, which is a, a huge bonus it gets. This this um, tells a story. Yeah. It introduces characters. It grows characters. They do D-level characters. and it, Yeah, and it puts at least a small bow on them. None of them feel like they're done. Like, all of them have points at the end where it's like, where can this character go? But they all end in kind of like finite places but still interesting like anybody could pick these up well okay that's probably not true everyone else would probably screw it up but these characters are in a place where they could be picked up and make interesting stories still but there's a connective tissue between them now that i hope exists for forever they feel like defined characters and speaking of my own personal preferences yeah we get a a genuine Nightcrawler appearance at the end of yeah. this book that feels like Nightcrawler. Like it's not even one of the core members of this book, but the writing on it is so good. And they just sort of like randomly throw in a, a moral at the end that I didn't see coming. How it's like, how do we treat our, you know, our, uh, you know, the people mental health, mental yeah. health in, in, you know, what are otherwise considered criminals. And it's just like, wow, this book that is like, just you know extreme violence and these off the wall jokes sometimes and it's like oh also there's like a real world parallel it is, it is repeatedly asked right here at the end it's repeatedly asked some of those harder questions cloning yes like, where do the clones stand yeah. things like that um it honestly it makes me interested to at least check out the next thing that zeb wells writes and the art was phenomenal the oh, whole way through the whole I, I think through. they had a consistent artist and yes Take a lesson, Marvel. Like, yeah, it, whatever these two, keep these two together. And their next book, I'm with you, Kelsey. If they yeah. put them together, guaranteed to buy it, regardless of what the title is. If you want to see good storytelling, just pillars of good storytelling, go read this 18-issue Arc of Hellions, because it's all there. All right. Well, we'll um, put that one on the shelf. Uh, really enjoy it. And uh, revisit that next week when we talk about the kind of the end of the the podcast um and let's jump into the crim day locker the biggest episode we got inferno number three and starting us off and breaking that down uh kelsey what happened in inferno number three we actually start off early um with cypher being dropped off on krakoa kind of the dream being revealed to cypher and we get a little bit of the workings of Cypher's actual thoughts and that he actually doesn't trust uh, Professor X or Magneto. He wants to, like he believes in this dream. He thinks this could be great, but he doesn't really trust him. So you learn that while Cypher is there, he is almost putting in his own little fail safes and they go through each, you know, month out or two months and, and all the things that we saw get created. Um, how much could the, the Island support, um, the gates, the different gates and things like that, that are created, all these things that were created that Cypher kind of has a little twist on them, especially the gates. They, the big reveal that Warlock is interfaced with the entire Island. So he's almost like a nervous system. And the things that 
even even that Krakoa is not allowed to see, Warlock can see, which includes No Place, which is where they had stashed Moira, which basically means Cypher has been aware of everything they've been doing this whole time, despite them not realizing he is aware. And it seems like Krakoa is in on it too. Yeah, classic hubris of Magneto and Xavier in the House of X world. Jumping forward to present day, Mystique and Destiny respond to the summons of Emma Frost, where Emma reveals what she's learned about Moira and her past lives, including the one Mystique and Destiny set ablaze. While Emma makes it clear she isn't taking sides, it appears she's at least willing to lend some support. Things get tense as Moira leaves her zone of comfort and is intercepted and kidnapped. And elsewhere, Charles and Eric are finding some old conflicts rising up again as they discuss how to handle the future of Krakoa and a clearly now discontent Emma. But before any conflict can come to a head or any decisions be made, they become aware of Moira's kidnapping and leap into action. So, uh, jumping forward, or maybe I should say jumping backwards, uh, Nimrod picks up on the fact that Omega Sentinel is filthy covered with tachyons. And uh, despite her best attempts to scrub it, is able to deduct that she is, in fact, from the future. Uh, And with that, she makes the reveal that similar to Moira's sentiments in House of X, issue number, or Powers of Ten, I should say, issue number two, uh, the ten lives of Moira, she said humans always win. Well, we're on the tenth life. That's what this timeline appears to be. And it appears, coming from the future, the Omega Sentinel confirms that no matter what they do, Mutants always win. This 10th life could be the Moira 10th life, the dream, everything they were trying to build uh, based on this thinking. They go through some moments, some pillars uh, that includes the Technarch uh, infection, um, Nimrod being created later than he was or earlier than he was supposed to. So he's able to learn and become more powerful. And that is Omega Sentinel's master play. Her big plan is Nimrod. That's all her faith is in him and reactivating him early so that he could be prepared for this moment um, rather than sitting him in the past as we saw in Days of Future Past. So with that in mind, we get to see the 10th life of Moira Taggart from the eyes of uh, Omega Sentinel with this huge reveal uh, that surely uh, will have huge ramifications for Destiny Vex. But the book doesn't stop there. No, um, Professor X and... Magneto go to Terra Verde to try and save Moira, who they're afraid is going to be killed and thus resetting the timeline. Uh, arriving, they notice that everyone in this place is dead. And then they get closer and closer and find that it is just Moira's arm tracking there because through cutscenes they've shown that Mystique and Destiny have hold of Moira, but they have left what could be seen as a trap for Professor X Magneto. When Professor X Magneto discover Moira's arm, they also discover a gateway that opens up, revealing Nimrod and the Omega Sentinel and accompanying accompanying goons. <laughs> Work is full; they're full force. It looks like that's true. They're, they are. They are. I guess Orcus goons don't quite quite count as goons. They're they're a little higher ranking. We got aim, we got shield, 
That's true. Yeah, they have like health Hydra. and stuff. They do. Hydra, yeah. We I, did I go over how that. why Orcus is a great company to work for. Yeah. That was Hydra. the name I of the last shield. episode. You don't need to say Hydra. I said Shield. <laughs> Thank you. Um, uh, that was an old Captain America Winter Soldier spoiler. So watch out. <laughs> like that we're talking about active MCU shows, and we're like, but we don't want to spoil Winter Soldier for you. Um, I dug this issue. It's real dense. Is that the it vibe is. you guys got? Yeah. Yeah, it was almost the <laughs> dance where I was like, "Wait, what's going on with Omega Sentinel? What, how, what did this happen earlier?" And I don't realize it. So there's to me, the book kind of has two halves, right? You have the cipher intro, and then kind of the Emma setup, yeah, and then stuff just like just like start throwing stuff in there because there's a point where I could not stop laughing to myself. Because I'm just like, what am I reading? It's like, oh, we've really gotten back to the classics now. Time traveling sentinel robots from the future. Like, it's, I yeah, but it's, I would say this inherently feels X Men. Oh, in the same way the House of X does. No, so the the thing I wrote on my sentence right after time traveling sentinel robots from the future is classic. But like, yeah. it is. There's just a point where it's like, oh god, tachyons. It's like she's back because this life is the life. We're in the future. It's different than the 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 other life. And it was just like, oh god, what is going on? And it. All right, uh, I like, like young the, school. Oh, go ahead, Kelsey. But but I I liked Cipher. Um, I I didn't know much about him. So having him kind of be an adult in this situation, or or even like have his own plans, where he's like, listen, I don't trust these guys. And they just left me on the island with this thing that only I can speak with. So I'm that's actively cover... trying to eat me. Yeah, it's like I'm gonna cover <laughs> my butt on this thing. Uh, you know, uh, Warlock was good in this. Um, I am not sure what what Destiny and uh, Mystique have in the way of planning. I do like the difference between Moira's thing of saying humans always win, right? And the Omega Sentinel saying mutants always win. Yeah, the, it's yeah. cool because the Omega Sentinel is like the other side's Moira at this point. She knows, you she know, what, the future instead right. of like the different lives. Yeah, right. instead of the past, I guess. And but of this, this life, like she's from the future. Yeah, she's from of the future Moira's here. Right, yeah. which is it's just a cool sort of split allegory, I guess. I don't allegory is not the right word. I'm just throwing in a buzzword that sounds good. Dichotomy. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. That was good. Yeah. Um, Thanks, so I kind of have a theory of what's going on here. And I don't think this is Moira and Destiny at all. I think it's Professor X. I think he knew that Moira was a problem. I think the scene in, I want to say, issue one or two, where Moira is finding the cure was Mystique. And, like, remember she has that notebook about the cure? Yeah. I think that was Mystique. I think um, Professor X sold her out. Uh, had to have Magneto, like maybe left Magneto in the dark, and maybe that's why he's dead. Because if he told them, it would give away their what they were doing. So or maybe Magneto has too much honor in a way to do it. Um, but I think Professor X sold Moira out. They're going the cure, and then they're going to kill her. I kind of hope that's not the case, but that does make a lot of sense. Yeah, cure that's and kill. A pretty good. That yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good. That's I, pretty good. I have a tough time. Because Professor X betraying, betraying Moira has an, a special burn to it. it and does. they also set up with, um, I don't know, I, I don't trust him anymore. See, this is what we're talking about for when we say, like, is it good? Could I do this? It sounds like maybe you could. I appreciate you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, that does sound, that, 
that ties a lot of, you know, knots a lot of things off. It makes sense. You're right. It has a certain special burn. It would be a good twist. And they've kind of set up for it. And it allows them to maintain what they have. Right. Yeah. To continue. And we know that's, we know if Marvel's X-Men are about anything, it is maintaining the status quo. So the theory I saw online too, um, with 10 of 10 uh, lives of Wolverine and 10 deaths of Wolverine is um, Omega Sentinel knowing the future will like she uses her tachyons to travel in the past and stuff. So they days of future past Wolverine and send him back after her. So she can't change the future again. Okay. Do we know that's what it, or is that? a? No, theory? I just, okay. I think that's a theory that I saw on right. That one was like some, when does that was. start? Do we know? I have no clue. Okay. I don't know anything about it. But it would explain why the Technarch infection, like, that's like Wolverine in the future chasing Technarch? her. And then, like, there's the patch one where she goes to the past and he's just following her through time, trying to kill okay. her or something. I don't but know. I will say this. Even, even if that sense. is the case, and it sounds like it may very well be, I still think this is a good issue. Like, uh, the opening's kind of cool because yeah. Cypher is sort of us, right? He's the yeah. reader. Yeah. All the way from the beginning. The classic, like, what is going yeah. on? He's like, all the way from the beginning head. of of this whole story, even you know, in this podcast, it's like he is the us, right? That it's like, wow, I want this to be cool and fun, but also at the same time, like, can I really trust this? And you know, like if you as a person, as a reader, had the ability to keep tabs on things, I think we all would have. And so it's kind of neat to see that there's somebody at the beginning that's had that seed of distrust in the whole situation but he just has the ability to do something about it yeah nothing to uh point to any sort of redemption for evil professor x that we've been seeing lately oh no 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 the only thing i will say is that the conversation between him and eric though does sort of seem like if you want to talk about any level of redemption that eric might be slipping yeah, yeah. That Charles is like, well, we'll be better than them, and Eric's like, will we though? That's yeah, what I'm we, saying. We, we, He's a doubter though. Yeah, He's man. giving up on the dream. He's like, we're going to. Yeah, do, I mean, because ha- and Professor X is like, you can't be a part of it. like you. You lost what your way because Eric even says something about that. That he goes, you know, what the worst part about it is, you would convince me you were right, which like means he's out. Yeah, he he does not believe it anymore. Which I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe that's part of what. Why we don't see Magneto in some of these? I mean, after Hellman's, well, we don't know. They should, they should wonder if they're doing well. And they they have the three Magneto preview in Destiny of X. It's totally just like three random panels from earlier right. printed books, in my opinion. So it's like, well, that's just a fake out to to make sure people are off of Hickman's trail, in my opinion. So a smaller part of this book, but I do want your guys's opinions. How do you feel about, or do you have any thoughts on? Emma and her role in this. Cuckoos. Um, I kind of appreciated that she didn't have the stomach for everything. It kind of made me. I liked her. What was your uh, thoughts? Yeah, like, I liked. I liked what Destiny says to the cuckoos. <laughs> yeah, what she yeah. Just, I, of, I, I, I wrote that note down too. Just savage them. Yeah, yeah. No, I can't tell you guys apart either. I I kind of liked Emma because we saw the strong woman. We saw somebody who follows her that they're saying, but like. It kind of gives you the vibes that maybe she doesn't have the stomach for what's going on. It no, look, I, I'll say this: I loved the brief moment, Emma, but I've loved every moment of Emma we've had. And honestly, when I look back and think on it, Emma's probably like creeped into my top five X Men. Yeah. Just 
overall. I mean, I just think I the character that. is so fun. And she's pretty consistently been portrayed well through this whole, you know, since Hox Pox. That yeah. she's strong. She is a player in it. But she's more nuanced, I think, than some of the other characters. And they've done a good job of routinely uh, addressing the fact that, like, she's in it for the kids. That this mm-hmm. is for a better future for children and she even says it again in this one like i'm not getting involved in this i'm looking out for the kids what you think of the major flaw of the book guys uh is that that it doesn't have a hellions tie-in what are you going for here no it doesn't have wolverine in it <laughs> well, you uh, well you didn't see him in the background nah. he's got he's got his whole own 10 of 10 of book man yeah, he's guys, busy, man's yeah. busy guy is busy yeah, I think Magneto. Yeah, I, I. It's hard not to think that what I'm predicting won't come true. It's also like hard to care about. Like, it's weird because you get these previews of the life where it's like, oh, the human are gonna come, but like we're guaranteed the win. It is an interesting take. Like knowing, trying to tell a story where you're saying that we know the future, but it's almost. Again, dichotomy. I'm going to bring it back, Kelsey. Thank you. Of like the whole thing being like, how do you tell stories where they can just come back from the dead? Like, what's the what's the point? Well, I think the point is the mutants aren't the good guys anymore. Yeah, but I mean, I think that's so now now the bad guy has resurrection, which is classic. That's true. That's true. (laughs) No, overall, though, I mean, I think this is a good book. It 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 is put down a level of impact. Like, I feel like I'm going to remember this event like i feel like in the future we'll talk i mean i hope i don't know maybe it comes out in the end and nothing actually happens but it feels epic to me right now yeah i'd yeah. say it runs closer to the 10 of house of x and powers of 10 than it does 10 of swords which is i got a question you for you <laughs> do you guys think they knew before 10 of swords started that they weren't gonna go into like that they weren't going to continue this story like do you think Hickman's idea was different for Ten of Swords? I think that definitely feels like a turning point where things started to change. Because you got to say there's like a, a delay after that where things like things are already written. That came, Like when Ten of Swords came out, yeah. things had already written in the future. Like it makes sense that about the time that was coming out was about the time he was done. I, in my I opinion. know what I know what you're saying is very mundane that you that you were like, well, by the time that was out, like they already have to prepare stuff. So it was already written. But the way that you said it, things are already written in the future. It was just like, oh, God, we're getting That's Nimrod nice. in here. Yeah, yeah nice. I think like no matter what, like it sounds like the Moira story beats are going to happen. Um, I think what he gave up control of is the other stuff. I think the plan was always that Moira would be sacrificed. I think it might be here. I don't know that the Moira story arc was going the last through. Yeah, that, that wouldn't be a surprise me. That, yeah, more, this, maybe the Moira stuff would end. It's just and it, this still had plans. Taking like like reading this, reading Hawks Pox, and then you know those are great. And then you read Ten of Swords. You're like, did the same person write this? <laughs> well, wrote half well, they of didn't. It. They didn't. Like, I think there. I wonder if there was creative and, kind of, and they and they decompressed the event and gave all the writers part of it. 
And yeah. it did have a clear voice. Man, Quentin, the more I keep thinking about your theory, like there's honestly a part of me internally that is keeps getting mad that you spoiled this, and I have to remind myself you didn't actually spoil it. I have no clue. Oh, no, but that's what I'm happen, like. Go, but there's it, a part of my brain that's like, Quentin, you just ruined this for me. I'm like, no, he, he didn't ruin really? anything. He just gave me a theory. It's just so good. It's, it's probably a solid right. theory. Yeah. All right. Any last thoughts on Inferno? Go. Go get it. I'm ready for. I'm ready to see the next one. We got one more left, and it yeah. it feels like every issue has been like, whoa, whoa, and so I am excited to see what you know four brings. Uh, you know, I sounds like we already know the the Oracle Destiny Quentin has spoken, but I am excited to see what they, they do, how they execute. We have to put Quentin in the pit. We do. It's true. It can't be allowed. All right. Well, uh, we're going to end it the way we used to with a Marvel 20 questions for old time's sake. Oh, we in it. Okay. You guys uh, ready to jump in there? Kelsey, you ready? I'm already in it, man. Get started. 20 questions. Figure out the person, place, thing, or idea from the Marvel Universe. Is this a character? Uh, yes. Is this a mutant? Uh, no. Was this character... No, no, I'm not going to ask that. Is this character a hero? No. Um... Is this character male? No. Male-like, though. Uh, was this character in the issue of Inferno we were Actually, today? can I redact that one? Just right. no. Not, Just not no. a male. Okay. Was that character in this issue of Inferno? No. Is this character a machine? Yes. Is this character closely associated with Sentinels? No. Is this character... Would this con- character be considered a high-level threat? I'm talking, you know, one of those characters that a whole the whole team gets together. The Avengers have to take them on. The, this has to take them on. Yes. Is this a character closely associated with the X-Men? No. Uh, was this character created by other Marvel characters? Yes. I mean, technically, every machine probably would be. Yeah, I, I'm assuming they have to be named, though. Um, 
Finn. Does this character appear in the MCU? Yes. Uh, was this character created by a different character in the MCU than he is in the comics? Yes. Is this character voiced by James Spader? Yes. Is this character Ultron? Yes. It is Ultron, which um, ties into this issue through Warlock. Um, but you have to read Annihilation Conquest to figure out how. So, if you or ever want to see Warlock, robots. New Mutants, away from the X-Men, uh, big big Warlock issue here, uh, where you got to see some of his powers, read Annihilation Conquest. So, All righty. Um, where he took down, or helped take down Ultron. So, if people can only read Annihilation Conquest or Hellions, which one do they read? Um, I would say Hellions is better when you go top to bottom. Okay, I was just curious, because having read one and not the other, if you had, I mean, those are big on yours. There are pieces that uh, I would say compete better than others. Like when you look at the Star-Lord mini arc that launched right. Rise of the Galaxy, like that's up there with Hellions, but it's four issues. So you, it's easier to write a tight beginning and end in four right. issues. I mean, Way of X managed to not do it as well as Hellions. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. I appreciate I appreciate the, the, taking the opportunity where I gave you a compliment of both two of your favorites, and you're just like, "Hey, let's have a, a quick stab between the ribs at Dave before we get out of here." Hey, hey what do you? And that's all the time we got. <laughs> what was that thing you loved? Let me let me ruin it. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh, have a good well. one. We'll see you uh, for Inferno <laughs> Four when my theory does not happen. And I get, I look like an idiot with egg on my face. Oh, yeah, right. Dude, we're going to go not, hard not and a, Not a Hellion's nanny reference yeah. either with the egg on the face. Later. Later. Hi, and thanks for listening to the Examination Podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, write us a five-star Omega-level review that would make us mutant and proud. We would really appreciate it. Me and the guys love Talking Nerd, and we want you to be a part of the conversation as well. If you have any topics you want to discuss questions to ask, or suggestions for the Marvel 20 Questions Danger Room segment, you can always get connected with us. Email us at q.examination at gmail.com. Remember, examination is E-X-A-M-E-N-A-T-I-O-N. You can also follow us on our Twitter handle, at examination, spelled the same way. Or visit our website, examination.blogspot.com. Thanks again for listening. We love having you be a part of our community, and we can't wait to hear from you. See you next week.